to Seeing Color, a podcast that talks with cultural workers and artists of color in order to expand the area of what is a predominantly white space in the arts. I'm your host, Ziwon Chung. Hey everyone, so another two weeks has gone by and a new episode is here for you. I don't have too much new going on at the moment. Uh, next week, I'll be going on a trip to Xi'an with my Chinese class. I'm really excited to go see the Terracotta Army and try some of the northern Chinese food. I've applied for a few residencies around China for the summer and I'm hoping to be able to continue to travel while making art. And I'll keep you updated. For today, I'll be interviewing Sophia Zarders, an illustrator, comic artist, and educator from Long Beach, California. Their illustrations have been published in The Nation, Socialist Review, Shameless Magazine, and other independent publications. They graduated from California State University, Long Beach, with a Bachelor's of Fine Arts and Illustration and they currently work as a freelance artist and an art instructor for adults with disabilities. Sophia was one of the first artists I met and hung out with when I arrived in Berlin. I recorded this a year ago, so a few things we talk about are clearly not up to date, such as our favorite summer movies. But overall, as I listened through it, our conversation had a relaxing feel as we discussed roller coasters, comics, and 2018 summer movies. I hope you enjoy it. Should I talk about my comic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I guess, yeah. We, why don't we start with there? Because you, you do so much um, different things. Yeah. Um, so, I have this online graphic novel called Jesus Freak, which I've been working on for it seems like forever, but now it's been six years, and it started out as a film script that I've basically completely reworked <laughs> since then. But I realized after writing it that I wanted to make it into a comic and that I really liked drawing all the characters. So now I'm in the process of illustrating it, rewriting things that I don't like about it. And... So rewriting, uh, like going back to back issues? No, more like, well, because I already have the script written out. So every time that I work oh, okay. on it... Oh, wait, so you've got a script running parallel to the comic. Right, oh, okay. yeah. So, okay. Okay. so I find... Well, I find myself like changing the dialogue a lot or this sounds clunky, I'm going to change it up as I'm like drawing it out. Mm-hmm. Even like certain pivotal moments of it too, I'm changing, which is kind of difficult. But there's different meanings in it now than where it used to be. For sure. Yeah. And is it autobiographical? No. It's definitely influenced by my experience of going to a Catholic all-girls high school. I hear that's very scarring for life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't grow up Catholic, so going there was a huge culture shock. Um, Why why did you or your parents decide to send you there if you didn't grow up Catholic? Because a lot of my friends from my middle school went there. Hmm. And it was like, it boasted a very 
like excellent education mm -hmm, and all that course. stuff, which like now I don't think it really mattered because <laughs> I'm doing art. <laughs> You know, I think high school matters not that much compared to college. College, <laughs> yeah. I think, matters more. Mm -hmm. Even just like the SATs and all that test taking. Yeah, like once you leave, no one remembers their SAT scores unless mm -hmm. I think you got a perfect score. Yeah, and I definitely did not. Yeah, <laughs> neither did I. So uh, that experience of going to school there definitely influenced the comic Jesus Freak and my love of Catholicism and my fascination with it and also recognizing how a lot of it is very silly, which I love. Like yeah. I always love like the lack of self-awareness of certain people and entities and stuff. And yeah, <laughs> that's all know, I'll say about that. <laughs> did you know anything about it before going to school? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I knew maybe a little bit because my parents grew up Catholic, but then both of them left the church i guess the cult yeah yeah <laughs> what do your parents do my mom is an artist she does mosaics and public art and my dad is an audio engineer so i grew up in a household that loved art really pushed me to pursue whatever i wanted to do in the arts too. That's good. Yeah. So I went through a lot of different phases of like as a kid, I wanted to do I wanted to do comics and then I wanted to do toy design and toy then design. fashion and yeah. then costume design and like all these different things that I still am very interested in, but now I'm I've kind of like found my lily lily pad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of what I want to do. Yeah. Well, because you get as you get older, you realize that you can't really do a lot of things well. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I think about like, oh my god, I would, I, I can't do toy design. <laughs> that's that's not my calling at all. <laughs> um, I'm still very interested in costume design, though, yeah. for sure, and costume illustration, and I love. And that you get whole to do world. that in your in your drawings. Exactly. Yeah, I try and put a lot of love into the way that I draw clothing and comics and illustration. Yeah. Did you read a lot of comics growing up? What were your influences? Surprisingly, well, I was really into comic strips and um, I guess like... You mean like Sunday comics? Yeah, but I mean, I remember in second grade, I had this like compilation of the Far Side yep. comics mm -hmm. and I brought it to... My class and the kids, like, were not very interested in it. Really? But the teacher was like, that's great. <laughs> um, this, is, this is show and tell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, I've always loved, like, The Far Side and yeah. Peanuts and all these, yeah, I guess more comic strip. -y, even though... Calvin and Hobbes? Yeah, even though I don't make comic strips now. But that was always like my go-to. Like I loved those so much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, surprisingly, I didn't read. Like I wasn't into superhero comics. I feel like I would have been more into Archie stuff, but it just didn't happen. I've it's always, never too late. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start Archie comics, right? Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I've always loved movies and television, and that's where I get most of my influence yeah. from. Did you watch For a lot sure. growing up? Yeah, yeah. I've always loved movies. I love... Well, because you grew up in Long Beach, right? 
Mm-hmm. And uh, is the is the influence of the movie industry strong in Long Beach, or is it far enough? Because I remember when I lived in LA, like you couldn't escape it, right? Yeah. Like, like you you drive down the one hundred and one or four hundred five, and like you knew when the finale of a television show was happening in a way that yes. you would not know in any other city. Yeah. Of, of, yeah. Of, of a television show that you also aren't following. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like oh, I guess the the season finale of Game of Thrones is happening tonight. You know. Yeah. Um, not so much in Long Beach. It was always, like, I've always felt, like, adjacent to the entertainment world, but I've always, like, loved Los Angeles as a city and how it's so tied in with entertainment and how it can be, like, sort of disgusting at times. But I've I've loved that dynamic of like this city that's that represents so much and also will like grind you out mm-hmm. <laughs> because it does not care. <laughs> yeah. It's like this giant monster that can also grant you wishes. <laughs> Depending who you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much yeah. money you have. So I guess what television shows did you watch growing up? Oh, I loved The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. My parents didn't let me watch that. Oh, <laughs> I've heard they, that they, a lot. They thought okay. that it was like really bad influence. Yeah, no, I started watching that when I was like four years old. Yeah, which I think says a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was always like that block on like Sunday night on Fox. Mm-hmm. It was always like that night. It was The Simpsons, King of the Hill, and Malcolm in the Middle, and those were like the three mm-hmm. favorites. But I also, I didn't have cable growing up, so I would rent certain Nickelodeon <laughs> compilations from, like, Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Oh, Blockbuster. So I would watch, like, the same episode of Ren and Stimpy over and over again, <laughs> or um, Rocco's Modern Life, mm-hmm. which I loved, but I didn't, I just knew that one storyline. <laughs> yeah. But then later, I would, like, rewatch those, and I still have like a soft spot for Rocco for sure. Yeah. I think I've seen a few episodes. I don't, I don't remember much about it. I remember watching it. It's very, it's interesting. Like I remember it being kind of cynical, but it's been a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, well, let me think. Uh, I was really into computer games. Yeah. What would you play? I played Zoo Tycoon. And Roller Coaster Tycoon for hours and hours. So you like playing God? Yes. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> and oh, I loved playing Neopets, too. Neopets? Mm-hmm. I learned, like, a little bit of HTML from that, uh-huh. from going on there, which was super interesting. And I've seen recently other people be like, hey, I learned, like, a little bit of code yeah. <laughs> through this, like, children's website. And... Because you don't really realize it. You're just like, yeah, I want to customize this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you really, yeah. Learning learning by example, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found mostly like later in life that I'm drawn to a lot of the same archetypes in pop culture. Mm-hmm. So I've always loved like the woman having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Which isn't a lot of stuff. It's not a lot, yes. But I've always been drawn to those characters. There's a film, uh, A Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Yes. By that uh, Spanish director, right? I forgot his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've always loved like the doomed woman trope, mm-hmm. divas. 
any kind of femme character that wants fame or something more and then like just ends up a horrible person or yeah. like realizes I can't do this and they like go live off in the country or so whatever. <laughs> yeah. I've always loved those characters. And then also in specifically in horror and fantasy movies, women who have telekinesis hmm. or special powers. Yeah. Yeah. I've always loved the movie Carrie. I have a hard time getting into horror films. Oh, it really scared. It really gets to me. Yeah. It gets to me in a way that is like, I think, I don't know if it's helpful. Mm, I love it. I love, I think I always read the Wikipedia page. Of it. <laughs> so at least I'm not, let missing, me know what the plot is before so, I watch this. So I, so I not missing out on pop culture or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I think some, I think especially like supernatural ghosts that really mm-hmm. gets, it buries deep somewhere inside of me that I, think isn't good okay yeah so that's why i, t- I tend to avoid it mm. but e- or even suspense i think i think it's more about the suspense i think i was watching uh Mozart, that film the sci-fi film with natalie portman that came out last winter annihilation annihilation <laughs> I, I was watching i, the, I was, loved that that was movie. a great film yeah but i watched it with a friend and he just noticed that like I was continually sighing throughout the film anytime like, <laughs> something suspenseful. He's like, yeah, I yeah. could, because we went, we, I was in Colorado and we went and there, we had the whole theater dress ups because no one was interested, I guess, in, in, um, in the middle of nowhere, Colorado. Yeah. And like we, so we each had our own chairs. We were sitting in random places and he was like, see, when I could hear you from a few chairs <laughs> rows away, just sighing like, ah. <laughs> That's a great movie though. No, yeah. I mean, Although I, I hear they didn't, it didn't do well enough for them to maybe do another, because it's a trilogy, right? The book oh. is, is based off a trilogy. Uh, so if it did well enough, they were thinking of maybe doing another one. Hmm. No, yeah, it was really it was, yeah. it was it was a it was a fun film. Yeah, I was so like enthralled after I watched it. But I mean, I definitely get where you're coming from. I like I love those movies, but also. I know that after I watch them, it'll take over my brain and I won't be able to like think normally after, which I've gotten used to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm on this roller coaster and I'm having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I, I, I was actually riding a roller coaster with someone and they hated it. And I think it remind it kind of made me understand because there was like, they were saying like, I just don't enjoy the feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think the same way I, for the most part, just don't enjoy the suspense. Mm-hmm. So there isn't anything for me to be gained experiencing it before, during or after. Yeah. You know, I think that's the closest analogy I think I can think of maybe. Mm. Yeah, I get that. Whereas right. the people who watch those horror films, they say like we, they enjoy that suspense. Yeah. Like they, and, and the same way that I enjoy free falling in a roller coaster that, Someone else just, if they don't enjoy the experience, then they wouldn't enjoy the whole thing. Yeah. I will say that I'm roller coaster not first? a fan. Yeah. Of roller coasters. Yeah. Maybe it's like the physical aspect of it, but. So fascinating, right? We're scared of or don't like different things mm-hmm. of having our heart jump. Because I like that feeling of my stomach coming going up into my lungs. No. I hate that. No, I hate it so much. Yeah. <gasps> 
<laughs> I went to Six Flags last year. Yeah. And I went on like one ride and I just ate a bunch of funnel cake and I was like, that's no. it. Did you throw up? No, no. I was just like chilling the whole time. <laughs> went on one of their like dumb DC comic yeah. rides. Like, this is fine. Like Batman or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to go on those death traps. <laughs> like I would have fun just going on those rides that literally go up and down. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, like I don't need, I enjoy, I really enjoy that feeling. Yeah. Have you been to Six Flags? In high school. It's been a while. So like, God, that'd be like 2003, four. It's been a while. But I've gone to other, like this past summer, I went to one in Pennsylvania. Mm. But like Six Flags is expensive. It's like $70 a ticket or something. Yeah. We... Like before I went, I was I was just like on the Wikipedia for Six Flags before I went because I was bored. And I realized like they said that Six Flags stands for the different lands in the original theme park. Oh, like so, they had different themes. Yeah. yeah. So if it flirt oh my god, it refers to the flags of the six different nations that have governed Texas. Hmm. Can you guess the six? No. Spain, France, Mexico, the Republic of Texas, United States, and the Confederate States of America. Hmm. Which is very strange. I thought that was super weird. And also, they definitely changed one of them for California to be like a generic like Asian land. Oh, yeah. Don't you love that? <laughs> yeah. Asian land, Africa land. Yeah. Know, just like... just clumping an entire continent of different cultures with a longer history than all of Europe and, and America. I mean, definitely Texas. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think they replaced one of them also with just like DC comics Yeah, <laughs> and then Looney Tunes. Well, I think that's what they're famous for, right? Six Flags now, they name all their mm-hmm. rides off like uh, comic book characters, like Superman, Batman. Yeah. I Anyways. didn't know that. <laughs> Well, actually, I mean, I guess it's funny, right? Because we're talking about comic book characters and... Yeah. I've never been into superhero shit, but... I mean, I've never really been that huge of a fan of, like, action-centered mm. stuff in general, so... And also, like, the characters, character designs and stuff were never that interesting to me, but I guess certain characters I've been more interested in, like X-Men, because... You know, they're blue. Like they <laughs> they go like even like a little bit off. Like <laughs> and I did love Teen Titans when I was growing up. The comic or the uh, animation? The animation. Okay. Yeah. I really loved Beast Boy. Yeah. It was my favorite. Yeah. Because I love shapeshifters mm. and I love animals. And then as a kid, I was like, Yeah, this is perfect. This is everything I want. <laughs> this is everything I want in a boy. <laughs> And he's green. Great. <laughs> I think I've always been drawn to alt and indie comics mm-hmm. and graphic novels. Yeah. I also, like one of my biggest influences, who I'm very quick to denounce, is R. Crumb. He, he's like the OG. Why do you alt. denounce him? Because he's a terrible person. Is he? <laughs> he's, yeah. He's been like very publicly known as... Just, just like a, a disgusting bet. person. Yeah. He has a lot of misogynistic and racist drawings, mm. but also he's a, his art is like a huge influence on my work. Yeah. Don't you hate that? It's weird. <laughs> 
very strange. I mean, one of my favorite books of his is the, he uh, made a graphic novel on the book of Genesis uh-huh. and it is so violent. Like it is, <laughs> it's pretty gross and gruesome, but it's also very beautiful. Mm. So yeah, but um also a fan of, you know, like American Splendor and Harvey Picard and that kind of stuff too. Uh, recently I've, or at least the past couple of years, I've been really in the zine scene. So even smaller press uh, independent comics. And in December, I'm going to table at Comic Arts LA, mm-hmm. which I'm very excited for. It's the first year I'm doing that. And I've been going the past couple of years and... Like Lisa Hanawalt is tabling there, mm-hmm. who is amazing, and I love her work. And Helen Joe, and all these people who started out doing like small press indie comics and graphic novels, and now they're working at animation studios or they're working for Netflix or whatever. And Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah, it's really sick. So I'm excited. Yeah. Hopefully that'll open up some new opportunities for me. I might be doing a event that's like adjacent to comic arts LA where it's like a live reading of comics, which I, I don't know how that's, yeah, that's <laughs> going the, to yeah. work. Um, <laughs> oh, cause comics, comics exist in this weird state where I think it's actually hard. Comics are hard to read because you are having to pay attention to both the visuals mm-hmm. and the text in a way that it's actually, I think it's like, it's impossible to actually look at both. Yeah, because like movie, like in movie, like you're seeing a visual and the audio is kind of entering your ears, so you can kind of pay attention to both. Um, And then reading is just strictly reading, but then with comics, it's like you're forcing your brain to do both at the same time. Yeah, and at least for me, I've noticed like if I'm really into like the text, sometimes I'll forget to pay close attention to the imagery, or like sometimes if the imagery is really beautiful, I'll like skim over the text. Yeah. I can't really do both very well without, unless I like take my time very slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't really know how this is going to work out. I think it might work in my favor because I have the script already. Mm-hmm. So I can be like, so-and-so blah, 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 blah. And then say the dialogue. Like it, to me, that sounds better than just being like, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm very excited. <laughs> It reminds me of a one of my favorite Far Side strips where it's like this society of people reading Garfield yeah. <laughs> comics and they have a projector up and there's this woman that's <laughs> just like, I hate Mondays, just like saying the lines <laughs> and everyone's clapping. That's how I imagine it's going to be. Yeah. So <laughs> I hope it's going to be like that. I hope it'll be like that too. <laughs> Um, so just let's uh, go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you know, grew up watching Simpsons and everything. And then how did you continue on that path from high school to college? Well, in high school, I had started going to a lot of different art camps. Mm-hmm. So I was in the animation program at CESA. It's California Summer School for the Arts, mm-hmm. which is at CalArts every summer. And okay. that was... Super influential on Hell me. Arts is known for its animation studio, right? Yeah, yeah. And even though I didn't really end up in animation, it was still very influential. And yeah, I did other art classes and summer classes at Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. 
And that's where I learned how to do script writing. Mm. I mean, the main reason that I did a lot of those different programs is because my high school was very lacking in art education. As most. Yeah, yeah. It was also just, it was very basic, I guess. Did your comics or... I guess was the work that you're doing then also had did it have a political bent to it or I I don't really think so. I was doing a lot of like the only the main thing that people were doing there were like either ceramic mugs mm-hmm. or acrylic painting. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing just like huge paintings of whatever. I wouldn't say my work was political at all, but it was very influenced by pop culture. Mm. I would draw a lot of portraits of whatever Musicians I was into at the time. A lot of Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> she's still she's still doing well. I know. I love still the album that the, the album that just came out. Or not just, but like two years ago, right? Joanne. Mm-hmm. I love that album. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, so then after that I went to Cal State Long Beach and I was in the illustration and animation program. And then later got into the BFA for illustration. Mm-hmm. And I studied abroad in Florence, Italy for a semester. And I feel like it was after that that that's when I started making more political stuff. Mm. Um, because of Florence? Yeah. <laughs> how, was, how was Florence? It was so conservative. Yeah. It's it's conservative, but it's also like, like you get catcalled like three times a day. Mm. And that's just how it is. And by the end, I like couldn't wait to leave Hmm. and now now i have a new appreciation for it for sure but it just was it was not the experience that i wanted Hmm. yeah i think it was that same year that everything with ferguson was happening okay and that's when like black lives matter was starting and it was really painful to be out of the country while that was happening because i wanted to do something and i felt trapped so then after that, I started making a Trapped lot. Trapped in another racist country. Yeah, exactly. Like a different racist country. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was after that. I started with a series of activist portraits that I've been working on periodically. The alphabet one? I think I saw that. No, that was actually a different one. Oh, this okay. was just like very simple portraits of okay. different people and some quotes. And yeah, the alphabet one started as a school project that everyone in the illustration program did where you could make an alphabet card series out of anything that you wanted. So I chose feminist artists Mm -hmm. and I really loved doing that. I've even like as a kid, I would make alphabet books for, yeah, like different dog breeds as the different letters <laughs> or different neopets or whatever. Is there a dog that starts with like X and Z? There is. There I think there's are. one from Mexico that starts with an X. Hmm. Not sure about the Z one, <laughs> but yeah. So it like, it's interesting that it like came full circle. Cause I haven't done that for like so many years. And then having that assignment was like, Oh yeah, I love this. It's, I don't know. Like I've always loved children's books and children's illustration and yeah. to, so to merge it with what I'm passionate about was really really cool yeah don't you love it when things happen like that when you you come yeah. back to something that you thought either you had grown from or wasn't important anymore yeah you know? yeah or I just didn't even think about it like yeah. it left my brain <laughs> yeah yeah I think someone once described 
how we're all sort of like rubber bands. And, mm. you know, every time we try to push and pull, we just snap back to our, our whatever shape of that rubber band is. That's good. You know, but, yeah. but, and then, but the, the positive thing about that is there's also this slight chance that every time you push and pull, you're just slightly more flexible. Hmm. So it's good to push and pull. So you might grow, maybe. Yeah. Or just remain like a tiny little rubber band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I did a second series of that alphabet this year with a whole new batch of feminist artists. And it's also a good way to get my work out there because of social media. Like I can tag the artists that mm-hmm. I'm representing in it or mm-hmm. like, you know, galleries or whatever that represent those artists. Yeah. And I've been able to send the originals to some of the artists mm. that I've contacted through Instagram or oh, nice. Twitter. Yeah. 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 So it's like cool to think about like, wow, this artist has this like in their house <laughs> or it's just in an envelope. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. never opened it. But even just the thought of it is, is really cool. I feel like people, I feel like even when you don't get a response, they probably, people usually see your email. Or it's like one person messaged me like six months later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started doing these political like self portraits after I graduated mm. and they're, they're usually in response to something in particular. So the first one was after Charlottesville mm-hmm. and that one I was, I forget exactly the name of that painting, but of Jupiter eating his kid. That's the name of the painting? Yeah. Hmm. I don't think it's a kid, probably. <laughs> but um, ba- Babies. Yeah. Right? Something like that. Or oh, his oh, son. Cro- well, Cronus. Well, Cronus ate all his babies. Jupiter. Did Jupiter eat his sons? Yeah. But it's a pretty <laughs> famous painting. Yeah. <laughs> so I depicted myself in that way, kind of like crouched over, and I was like biting the head off of a uh, like white supremacist Nazi dude. Mm, mm. And a, I, a particular one or no, in other works I've done particular people, but yeah. in this one I was just kind of like just random people. And there's also like all these figures on the ground that are, they have like Maja hats and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was after Charlottesville. And then I did two when the Harvey Weinstein stuff was coming out. And the first one I I'm very influenced by um, medieval depictions of hell. I think they're very funny. So I like depicted myself as like this devil mouth, and I was torturing Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby and all these other horrible men in the yeah. industry. Mm-hmm. And then I did a similar one to that where I was this like devil character. Yeah. And why do you use yourself? Um, it's a way to empower myself mm-hmm. in these situations where I feel very helpless. I think especially in Charlottesville, that really hit me. Did you see Black Landsman? I did. Yeah. What'd you think? I really liked it. And then the end like was too out of left field for me, even though like, like obviously it does tie in, but to see like the footage again, I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was very sudden. What is happening? Yeah. 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 I think if they had ended with just them pointing their guns at the flaming crosses like, mm. at the end of the hallway, mm-hmm. that would have been like yeah. perfect. 
but yeah, that's mixed, not Spike Lee's MO. No, I, I had mixed feelings because I, what I did really enjoy about that, what I thought was powerful about that scene, and I'm just curious if there's a way to maybe if Spike could have done it with mm-hmm. a better transition, was sort of, it was jarring, and I thought its purpose was to say, like, you can't unconnect the events of Charlottesville with this history. Yeah. Right? Like, because if it ended, if it did end with that scene with they're just pointing the gun at the cross, like, it's it would it'd be easy for a lot of viewers to just almost see it as a fictionalized Events. Or as like a historical thing. Yeah. Like, or, like, the 70s. or like a historical thing that took liberties mm-hmm. with his past or mm. or like you said, like it's historical, so it's not of the present. Yeah. But then by showing the Charlottesville thing with Duke, both in the film and as the representative of the Charlottesville march, you just can't, you know, lines are drawn. You just can't ignore it. Right. But I'm not sure if there's a way to have done it in a way. Because it was jarring, and I don't know. Maybe. I think even if they had just taken out the footage of the person getting hit by the car mm. and, like, people screaming, I think that would have been better. Yeah. Because that, that film is so traumatizing yeah. to watch over and over again. Yeah, I forgot that they had, like, the real David Duke also. That was very smart yeah. to include that after. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, but like, yeah, it was intense. Like, People were crying yeah. when I left. Like, oh, uh, yeah. 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 Otherwise, I thought it was a good movie, though. Yeah. I think my favorite movie of the summer was Sorry to Bother You. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I had... It was all over the place. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was so, like, cuckoo bananas yeah. and also yeah. very smart. Yeah. <laughs> but, Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Like someone was like, what is it about? And I was like, I can't tell you. <laughs> like I have to tell you like spo- the bare bones it's, of it. It's hard to spoil it. Cause it's just so, so crazy with so many different ideas that like, you'd, yeah, you'd basically have to tell the story to spoil it. Yeah. Like there's no, you can't really summarize it. I feel like I, I called it an anti-capitalist dark comedy. Mm. I was like, that's enough. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> but and oh, I mean, yeah. Boots Riley comes from that that lineage of activism in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I saw those both at the same time. Yeah, I feel like it, they came out like, like one week within. Or, or no, I think I saw Story of the Body and I saw the trailer for Black Klansman. Yes. And then I saw Black Klansman like two weeks later or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those two together also are very interesting. My favorite movie of the summer as a personal bias was Crazy Rich Asians. I still have not seen yeah. that. <laughs> it looked really cool though, and I love a good rom com. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Well, I, I mean, it just sort of like you know, representation, representation, representation matters. Yeah, and it was just like I think it was. It's sort of like when we when there's a paradigm shift. It's not until that sometimes it happens that you notice how wonderful it is, and just like the paradigm shift of like, yeah, you know, I mean, the same thing when you watch like Black Panther. It's like, oh, I've actually never seen a movie with. So with a strictly, mostly black cast shown in this way. Right. You know, and like yeah. for Crazy Rich Asians, a similar, I mean, they're different movies. And I think Black Panther is doing it in a way more advanced version in terms of Politico because Crazy Rich Asians is just like a rom-com. Mm-hmm. But just like showing like Asians actually looking cool. Yeah. Or just or being people and like, yeah, just like, um, you know, like how every race is not a monolith. 
you know. Right. And so sort of uplifting to just see that. Mm-hmm. No, it's super true. But, and it was also it also made me sad because I was also like the bar so low. Like I acknowledge like the film itself isn't the greatest film ever. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, it's no Spike Lee movie. Like doesn't. I mean, he has some bad movies though. No, but (laughs) but you know, he's also has like he also has do the right thing, which I think is like one of the greatest movies about race ever made. Yeah, you know. And then I actually we saw that in the summer, and I was like seeing that last scene where the ride happens. I was like, Mm -hmm. this. I forgot just how relevant it still remains. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But no, but Crazy Rejections had such a low bar. I was like, you just need to be semi competent. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be fine. And it did. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was just hoping for it just not to be like a dumb movie with a lot of Asians in it. Mm hmm. Yeah. I was also thinking, like, representation wise, with Sorry to Bother You, like, before that came out, I was trying to think of a comedy that starred poorer people mm. or like working class people. And it, there's so few. Yeah. I'd have to think. Because Mo- most are like, like yeah, rich heavy people. dramas yeah. about yeah. being poor yeah. or being working class yeah. and how it's a plight on your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was like one of the few comedies that I've seen where it all like circles back to like, no, there's pride in being working class. Yeah. The other interesting thing about uh, these uh, Black Klansmen and Sorted Body is they both dealt with like the white voice. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Two very different movies. Yeah, but they both center around that. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, how to have a white voice. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to sound black? Yeah. Uh, I want to watch Sorry to Bother You again. Again? Yeah. After I watched it, I was like, I feel nauseous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, no, I feel like I could watch it again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So then, so after you got out of school, what did you end up doing? I had a uh, summer internship. That was through the Getty Multicultural oh, nice. Internship Program. Yeah, yeah. They have, well, they, oh, have no, so, they have so much money, the Getty. Oh, yeah. That was... No, actually, I was still a student then. But that was with Able Arts Work. Okay. And they have art and music classes for artists with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And it's a day program, and they also have classes and different like camps for like children during the summer or private lessons. So I was doing like curatorial work with them and that ended in a, it was like a small gallery opening that I curated. So I worked with a couple different of the artists and we made these different posters and they were, they had different like powerful phrases and we were thinking about the, disabled community and within the art world and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and then after that, I ended up working there, um, as an art instructor. So I was teaching full time and then I kind of broke up my schedule into working there part time. And then I was doing freelance work, which is really cool. Yeah. And that's after I get back from this residency, that's where I'll be at. Yeah. So then how did you decide to go to Berlin? Um, I knew I wanted to do some kind of residency because I'd never done one before. Yeah. I wanted to get out of my environment. I wanted to get out of Long Beach. And I had visited Berlin when I studied in Florence on a small trip. So I really liked it then. And I saw like this spark (laughs) 
there. So I just the energy in the streets. Yeah, there's something about these streets that I for, it reminds me of New York a little. Like in the sense that not New York specifically, but like a city that has energy on the streets. Right. That you feel like you want to walk the streets because there's something about them that is enjoyable to get from place to place or just to walk for the sake of walking. Right. Yeah. Just like exploring the land. Which LA does not have. (laughs) No. Or many cities in the US. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always loved LA for, for what it is and... I mean, even like when you're talking about like walking the streets, like I love Hollywood Boulevard and I love Sunset Boulevard. It's crazy to me that like once when I moved there to learn just what a shithole it was. It is. Like you, and I, that's you, why you, I love it. Like, you didn't know. I didn't know that you assumed it's like this. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is garbage. <laughs> it's such garbage. <laughs> in in like the, the in the absolute most American way possible. Yeah. Yeah, I used to intern at a gallery on Hollywood Boulevard, so I'd spend a lot of time there, yeah. watch a lot of people walking by. <laughs> but that, yeah, that was a great way to collect characters, yeah. you know, and just, like, take notes and be like, ooh, oh, that would be so good in, like, a sketch. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, that was a fun gallery to work at, for sure. A lot of strange conversations, a lot of, like, there's like a conspiracy theorist that came in and gave us his website. And I remember spending the whole day just on that website, on that website not yeah. working at all. Yeah. <laughs> I've never worked at a gallery, but it always seems like the people there are just sort of pretending to work on their computer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah. I, I think I was doing schoolwork the entire time, or yeah. I was just like drawing people walking by yeah. or just staring. Yeah. Because... It is a very like isolating. Were you the type of gallery where you were supposed to be cold to your to the people walking in or friendly? No, it was a alternative space. Okay, so it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't like one of those galleries that's just trying to sell. Yeah, so that was cool. Plus, I had to like give tours to people. So yeah. yeah. What so what what do you think of residencies now that you've gone to them? I mean, this has been a really good one, so I, I haven't had a shitty experience yeah, yeah. yet. But I'm, I'm definitely, I think the next one that I want to apply to will be in the States. It's cheaper, usually. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, I really, I love, like, being, you know, abroad in a different place, but it is hard being away also. Just being away from the States has been difficult when they're, like, I, I want to, like, jump in and help. Mm. I think I also am will be more inclined to, like, shorter residencies. Too. Yeah. I think being here for three months is, like, perfect. For now. For, yeah. For this, for this moment. Yeah. And I also want to find one that's more uh, comics-specific, too. Because mm. it's been really cool being around people who do a lot of different types of art, but... To also have a community for a moment mm-hmm. sounds perfect yeah. right now, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you working on while you're here? I'm preparing for a solo show, which is called Tinsel Angels. and it's Tinsel gonna... referring to L.A.? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Tinsel Town. I spent like a whole night thinking of different... Titles. Dumb I'm, phrases. I'm so bad. Are you, are you good at show names? I'm bad at show names. I'm bad. I'm just. I don't I'm think bad I'm at titles. Great. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, yeah. So that show is November 13th through the 17th. Mm-hmm. And it's a collection of large self-portraits on paper. I'm using watercolor pencils in these very, like, um, like painstaking <laughs> drawings that take me a long time. Yeah. But I love the, the labor of it, I guess. I it's also, funny you say that because I feel like when you show the, 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 the show and tell at Somos, mm-hmm. it seemed like you were um, churning through them pretty quickly. Yeah. Not that, not, just, that, not that that's not labor. I mean, that's, that's, all, that's all labor. But. Yeah. I think I'm actually fast, but I don't want to acknowledge that. I'm like, <laughs> you could be faster though. <laughs> Get to it. Most because you as all the movies and television shows you're watching while making it, right? Yes. Your brain split in half. Yeah, yeah. That's why I have such a bad memory. It's because I'm... <laughs> I just keep bl- blaming my bad memory on different things. But I'm going to start blaming it on that now. I mean, especially when it's like something with subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like listening to, you know, Russian or whatever. That's, in- that's intense. You watch foreign films while doing it. Sometimes I try not to because I know that I won't retain that much of it. Like recently I've been watching The Americans. So like any of the scenes that are in Russian, I'm like, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) But I'll like string it together later. Yeah. Yeah, I think most of the time though, I'll listen to music or podcasts. Yeah, yeah. um, So I can focus more. I also have a sketchbook that I've been filling out. So that'll be done by the show. And... People can flip through it. Yeah. What else? I have some smaller works on paper, some smaller self-portraits. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting to work on that because in the past I would kind of I would do a self-portrait and then I'd be like, okay, that's done, and then I'd work on my comic or freelance work or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas here I have to like constantly be analyzing different parts of myself for these self-portraits and I'm connecting them to different um, pop culture archetypes that I really love. Um, so it's it's a lot of thinking, yeah, and analyzing myself, <laughs> which can be fun. But also, I get like really depressed <laughs> with the, certain ones. Yeah, yeah, you mean because because of the subjects you're drawing, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, one more thing for the show is I will have uh, zines for people who want them. And they're going to include images from the show and then also short, like one scene scripts Mm -hmm. for each of those different characters that don't exactly have to do with the particular image, but just with that archetype. Yeah. So it's been fun going back to writing in that format. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. The show's going to be cool. (laughs) Did I miss anything? Uh, My Instagram slash Twitter is at Sophia Zarders. Oh, Zarders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people mispronounce my name. Mm. I'm used to it. Uh, And my website is sophiazarders.com. Yeah, commission me for stuff. I'm a hardworking freelance artist. Yeah. And I need gigs. Occasionally, I have comics up on Razor Cake, and that series is called Our Lady of Cacophony, mm-hmm. and those are about three students at a Catholic all-girls high school. Okay. 
So that's are you, more are like, you all three? You're representing no, all three? I don't think I was interesting enough to be the <laughs> character back when I was in high school. <laughs> but it's it's about it is like directly influenced by certain experiences that I had there, mm. and it's just about the changing. Like, what does it mean now to be a teenage girl in the country? And I feel like it's so different, but also kind of the same yeah. as when I was in high school and when previous generations were in high school. Yeah. Ooh, have you seen Eighth Grade? Is it, That movie just came out this summer, right? Yeah. I heard about it. Is that good? was, yes. Yeah. That might have been my favorite movie this okay. summer. That was amazing okay they just remind me of that yeah yeah razor cake is very cool it's cool to be part of like a punk publication i feel very like verified yeah verified (laughs) hashtag verified yeah oh i want to plug dsa long beach what is that democratic socialists of america okay long beach um they've been so good to me and i've made a lot of posters for them and zines and all kinds of stuff. So I'm excited to go back and be able to work with them mm. on different projects and protest with them. And I plugged a lot. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> Usually I'm just like, oh, okay. And then I forget to like say everything, <laughs> but I got it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you I for hope, having me. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. This was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I always love talking about movies. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing Color is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Ziyuan Chung. Original music by Alex Chow. You can find more information on the website, www.seeingcolorpod.com. Dot com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Seeing Color Pod. If you enjoyed this show, please go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and give Seeing Color a five-star review. This really helps others discover the show and provides greater visibility for everyone on Seeing Color. Again, thank you so much for listening and goodbye for now.